what it is. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Andy filling in for Scott one more time. Scott! Scott! Scott, where are you? We lost Scott. Uh, he wasn't the dude's sex dungeon, but uh, he escaped a few days ago, and he's he's on the loose somewhere yeah. in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, he got tired of uh, he got tired of me uh, making him call me Andy, and uh, he ran off somewhere. We're having a good time though. Oh, I'm sure you were. Anyway, um, on the Album Nerds podcast, we talk about albums that we love. Try and tie them together in some logical way. Today on the show, we're talking about the new Alice in Chains record, Rainier Fog. Or is it Rainier? Is it Rainier? Rainier? It's Rainier. Mount Rainier, Rainier is, is yeah. the mountain they're referring to, but Rainier is fine. <laughs> the French version of Seattle. Um, and Andrew Bird's record, uh, I Want to See Pulaski at Night. Two records that both deal with specific locations in the United States, so we'll be digging into those a little bit more. But before we do that, why don't we talk about what we've been listening to lately? What's been uh, spinning on your turntable, buddy? The entire Alice in Chains uh, catalog, for one. (laughs) (laughs) So how many records is that now? Is that like five, six? It's it's six full albums, and then there are two really great EPs. One is called Jar of Flies, and the really great one, my favorite, is Sap, which uh. is highly recommended listening. It's uh, not acoustic exactly, but it's just kind of a stripped-down version of Alice in Chains. Chris Cornell does guest vocals on one of the songs, Right Turn, hmm. and there's a funny end track. Um, so I, I just highly recommend that one. And... Um, what uh, what point of their career is that is that from? I haven't heard that. That was ninety two ish, I believe. So it may have been after. It was after Dirt, I think. Okay. I think it was even after Dirt. So they had that, and then, and then Jar of Flies. Those were kind of like stop gaps, and then in ninety five, the self titled with the Three Legged Dog came out. Right, right. And that was the last album with Lane Staley. But we can get into all that later. Uh, and other than that, just, you know, your usual stuff, Iron Maiden, I got the, uh, fresh copy instead of a crappy oh, you used one you had. garage sale copy. So that's yeah. been cool. Nice. And, uh, that's, you know, the usual kind of stuff. But what about you, man? Cool. Cool. Uh, there's a couple of instrumental records I've been jamming on. There's an artist that it's the first time I've heard of him. His name is Olafur Arnals. I assume he's European. He put out a record called Remember that is absolutely beautiful. It's been flooring me lately. It's a lot of like piano and string arrangements. Um, excellent music while you're working to listen to. If you're a fan of like Niels Fromm or Max Richter, I would highly recommend it. It's a really good listen. Probably one of my favorite records of the year. Um, Apex Twin also put out a really good what? EP. Remember them? Remember the him? one with Sorry. the weird-faced guy? <laughs> yeah, Richard D. James. Uh, he's been back at his last few years. He put on an EP called Collapse. That is probably the best thing he's done in like the 2000s. So I would, would also highly recommend that as well. Worth a listen if you're into some cool instrumental music. 
That's yeah. what's up. I'll take a bubble bath and check that out. A digital bubble bath? Sure. I don't that's know what that is. is, but I'm sure that's what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> that's right. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how we uh, do things here on the show, man? One of us picks an album we love, and the other one picks an album we love, he love, they love. Yeah. But they have to, there has to be some kind of connection between the two. And it could be as simple as the same record label or as complicated as, you know, uh, their long-lost cousins, the lead singers. I mean, it could be any number of things, but we do try to pick things we love but also find some sort of interesting connection between the two records, even when you don't think there would be one. Yeah. So I know we both were kind of jamming on this new Allison Chains record, and you picked that one out, which um – as we said, it's called Rainier Fog and kind of homage to their Seattle scene and and that, that landscape they've been a part of for a long time. Oh, now. God, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of picked out one of my favorite lesser-known records from a violinist, a multi-instrumentalist, but primarily known for his violin work, uh, Andrew Bird, and he put out a... It's an album, but it's really just kind of one long song. Um, the name of the album is called I Want to See Pulaski at Night, which is a street in the city of Chicago where he's from, and the record kind of revolves around that city. So, interesting connections about two kind of landmark locations in America. All right, why don't we jump in and talk about some Alice in Chains here, uh, play a track from that. What are we going to hear, man? Yeah. <laughs> The one you know. First single, love it. So you can hear the, well, first of all, I dig the riff and the, the first 30 seconds or 40 seconds of the song is just gang, 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 gang which I personally think is awesome. But uh, uh, <laughs> would you let me finish? Can I finish? So, but then the, the, you know, the classic harmonization sound, the vocal sounds of Alice in Chains come in there. So. All right, you may speak. I think one of your cats just had something to say as well. <laughs> yeah, Mario's a big Alice in Chains fan. Yeah, that intro, I was underwhelmed by that. It sounded kind of juvenile to me, but I like the rest of the song. It's rock and roll, dude. Uh, I know, but they could do so much more. They, they have done so much more. Um, I, want, I wanted some simplicity, some sludgy, some hard rock and then the song kind of mellows and i would have liked uh yeah. you know i would have liked a man in a box man in the box kind of yeah the heaviness to it yeah 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 they don't really get that heavy there's a few moments on the record where they get a little heavy but yeah they don't climb like a- mount rainier they like get 
They get to the, in the like, foothills. They, yeah, yeah, they get up there, and then there's like an observation deck, and they're putting their quarters in and checking it out. Oh, it's beautiful here. But maybe yeah. we should call it a day. <laughs> let's go. Let's go home and have a sandwich or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go release Alice from her chains and. Uh, <laughs> Right, right. All right, all right. Why don't you give us a little background on the band here and some of that bio? Well, shit we you know, we kind of assume that our listeners know a lot of this stuff, but you know, Allison Chains became uh, their Seattle band became quite famous in the early '90s um, with albums like Dirt and Facelift and songs like Man in the Box and Rooster. We talked about them on the show before. Uh, Lane Staley used to lend his voice as the lead singer and Jerry Cantrell, the kind of mastermind behind the band primary songwriter, I believe and guitarist, you know, th- they were part of the Seattle sound, but very, you know, much more metal metal edge than the rest of those Seattle bands. They didn't really fit in as grunge. They were more of a metal band, I would say. Um, but because of where they were from, they got tossed in with that whole thing. And they, they lost Lane Staley in the early two thousands drug overdose and, kind of were in a holding pattern. Fast forward, they uh, have recorded three albums with William Duvall, the current co-singer and guitarist. He plays guitar as well. Maybe it was his riff. And um, they've just kind of, they've had, they've just kind of been status quo on these albums. They're all kind of similar. They're all good. This album is very solid. It's a fun listen, but it doesn't reach those heights of the early days. And I was hoping for a little, Unleash the Beast, and, you know, it's just kind of not paint by numbers, but it, they've they've stuck in their current wheelhouse, and it's good, but it's not it, – it, I was hoping for a little more. Yeah, I would agree with you on this record. Um, I don't know. I'm a fan of Duval. I think he sounds really good with the bands. I really have no problems with the, how they sound as a group now. I really enjoyed the last record, um, The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. I know you didn't love that one as much. But, I, you know, they, they've they kind of evolved into this more modern-sounding version of what they used to be in the 90s, which I think is cool. And I, Yeah, you know me, though, dude. You're the moving forward guy. I'm the looking back guy. And I want it to be like it was. And that's always my problem with these bands. You know, these 90s bands, they come out with something and I'm like, I want you to make the next, I want you to make another 10 Pearl Jam. And then they make (laughs) a good album. But it's like, but why are you still angry? And it's like, well, they're family men that have good livings and lives that don't involve, you know, being angry young men anymore. So, yeah, people, people change and evolve, man. You got to. Keep up or you get left behind. Is there a line on here about that? Like, uh, I live in the past will be... Yeah. Yeah, the, the final track actually is about looking back. Yeah, for me, there's there's definitely good tracks on here. Um, the title track, Rainier Fog, Red Giant, Drone. Drone's um, good, yeah. I really enjoyed those a lot. They're a little bit harder hitting songs. But then there's a lot of songs that are kind of, like you were saying, paint-by-numbers, kind of mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of not like they're mailing it in, but they aren't really breaking a lot of new ground here by any means. I thought All I Am, the final track, that was the one looking back kind of on life was was good. I, yeah. you know, I actually like this song 
maybe track seven. Okay, yeah. Let, I'm going to play that real quick. that whole track is really pretty mellow and sticks to that lyrical sort of sphere but i really like the vocals the the thing i think is different with with the current version of Alice in Chains is those voices are much more interchangeable and fit together yeah more smoothly i mean there was a little more there's like two teeth that didn't quite jive when it was Lane Staley and that i think part of how that edge of their sound that's been sanded down a little bit, but it's really pleasant at points, and I thought that was one of them. No, that's a really good point, man. Um, you know, what I thought of as you're playing that, like this almost sounds like modern day Foo Fighters a little bit, right? Like the melodies and stuff they're making there, the the vocal harmonies, like it's pretty uh, palatable. Yeah, um, I, I could music. see the palatable part. I, I just feel like, you know, and you brought up the Foo Fighters, but like their their album Concrete and Gold that came out last year, I felt yeah. like they were, yes, they still sounded like the Foo Fighters, but I thought they took more chances. And, you know, I, I would have liked, and Allison Chains, if you make another record in the next couple of years, try a different producer. I'd like to see what what else there is. Because, I mean, this is stuff is good, but I, I mean, I'm just interested to see what other directions they could be pushed in. Yeah, this was produced by um, Nick Rosenklantz. Rosen, how do you say his name? I don't know. I can, I've only read it. I haven't heard it. So <laughs> <laughs> He's produced a lot of, of rock records you know, from bands that were popular in the 90s, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he did a few Deftones records. He's done some work with Rush, Mastodon, and that type of band. Those are the oh, bands. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I. Yeah, I would agree. I think they could be a little bit more edgy and maybe take a chance. That'd be great. We'd appreciate it. We, st- I still love them. I think in the terms of like the rock landscape, they're still really um, at the forefront and could do some interesting things. So. Still worth keeping yeah. an eye on them for sure. Now, so you were not familiar at all with Rainier, Mount Rainier. You had not heard of that before. No, I've heard. It. I mean, I've heard. Okay. It, but it was just yeah, because it's like a volcano or something. But when I was a kid, I lived deeper in the Midwest, and and we got the Rainier beer was a thing, oh. and I think it still is. I think it's still a thing. Um, and I still, anytime I hear Rainier, Mount Rainier, I think of this. Just listen, I'll explain. So what happens is you're, you're seeing the you're seeing a, a a road, and then a motorcycle starts coming, and then you hear these voices go rain here, uh, like into the gears or something. Yeah, and then the motorcycle drives off, and then the landscape is Mount Rainier, and I have I've had that stuck in my head for 
<laughs> decades. So years. <laughs> I had to dig that up when we were talking about this record. Yeah, I'm sure the cool guys enough. from Alice in Chains remember it fondly as well. <laughs> I'm sure they do. But uh, yeah, uh, so final word for me on this record um, does feel a little bit safe. But as I said, I think they're still one of the best rock bands out there and they still have that edge and anything Jerry Contrell is involved with, I'll definitely be listening to. How about you, man? Yeah, obviously, I highly recommend it, especially to Alice in Chains fans uh, and to people who dig that sound, you know, that uh, hard rock 90s sound. I mean, I don't I don't know if they get a new audience from this, but I'd recommend it to anybody that likes rock music. And and uh, if a younger person picked this up and liked it, then I would try and get them to listen to the old stuff and then they get freaked out and go back to this. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, sounds good. Um, so it is available to stream in all the usual places. Uh, they're on tour this fall in the U.S. So uh, check your the website for uh, a date near you and go uh, see Allison Chains in concert. That'd be pretty cool. All right, so let's move on to our next record, which is also about a major U.S. city. This time we're moving a little bit further east to Chicago. Andrew Bird and his record, I Want to See Pulaski at Night. Let's play the title track from that. This is Pulaski at Night. So that is Andrew Bird from his 2013 record, I Want to See Pulaski at Night. Wait, are you uh, sure that wasn't an Alice in Chains track? <laughs> <laughs> These are connected, damn it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they put him in like the indie folk genre. I, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. He only plays violin. Um, also, is it a very accomplished composer and songwriter and whistler he does some amazing whistling on his previous record uh, there's a little bit of whistling on this record too that i think is kind of a quirky nice uh, ad there he's most known for his distinctive uh plucked style that he plays on the violin which you can hear a little bit there um he's also very adept with uh, a looping pedal and which he often uses to record himself as he's playing a loop back and, and play an accompaniment with uh, in real time, which is pretty impressive to see uh, in concert. Uh, he is from Chicago and often references the city in his music. Uh, seems to be a big part of his life. This record, one of the reasons I find it so interesting is because it's really just based on this one song, uh, the clip we heard from there. And he built out a whole record. The record itself is about 30 minutes or so. Um, all around this one song and the other songs, the other six songs on the record, all really serve the purpose of complementing that and kind of building up that, that main theme that he establishes there. So it's a kind of a cool take on the record, uh, just the format itself, I think. So what would you think, man? You know, this is probably a little outside of your 
normal listening routine. This is okay. I, I mean, it's cool, but it you got to know what you're in for, and I did not. You did not warn me. So what should I have told you to, to prepare you for this? That it was a whistling uh, violin dude. Not like, you know, I thought it was going to be a folk singer guy or, you know, just his name seemed like a folk singer guy. So I thought it would be um, along the lines of, I don't know, Tobias Gesso Jr. or, you know, some of the more modern stuff like that that we've talked about before. That's kind of what I was thinking it'd be like a singer songwriter type of deal. And so it was all violin stuff. And then I finally hit a song where he's singing and I'm like, okay. And then no more singing. So <laughs> that's it. There's like four minutes of singing. On the it's like, uh, nice to know you, bro. Uh, <laughs> are you playing the violin, or are you just sitting there while someone else does, and you're thinking about singing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's high quality stuff. It's good. It's well produced. It sounds good. It's yeah. uh, fun to listen to. You just got to know what you're listening to. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Um, I feel like when this record works, which is especially the title track is just outstanding song. I love it every time, but I think what makes it so special when you get to that track, which is track uh, right in the middle of the record, he's been teasing the the theme and all the previous tracks, um, just kind of hinting at it. Almost like you would hear in like a, uh, a movie uh, soundtrack or something. Um, yeah. It did so, seem like a score to me. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what how he approached it. Um, which I've never really heard anything like that before. Have you ever really heard like a, a record that was based on just like a few minutes of, of of music that was kind of extrapolated out over a full a full length record? No, I mean not like this. And the the theme the themeology part of it is tough um, if you're not aware of it. And I think an album like this would would uh, benefit from liner notes, some sort of biography with it, you know, because that's yeah. not, you, you know, it's not like he makes a violin sound like it's saying Chicago or something, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. You, know, you have to look at the, the song titles and think about it and, and kind of, so it's, it's headier for sure than, uh, than Rainier Fog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's a little more, conceptual i mean the record the lyrics that are on the record um deal with chicago itself but it feels like he's referencing maybe an individual lives in chicago his wife does live there um with his family so perhaps he's talking about you know kind of wanting to be home you know kind of homesick from the tutoring around the around the world and stuff that he does a lot so let's play lit from underneath You can kind of hear hints of the of the main theme there, just being kind of alluded to as he's plucking that violin. Yeah. So, final word on this, man. What would you say for someone who's not familiar with Andrew Bird 
or maybe this type of music. It's short. It's short enough that I recommend checking it out. It's 30 minutes. It's it's not unpleasant by any means. And if you have some foreknowledge from listening to to Andy talk about this, I think it could be an even more interesting uh, listen. You know, close your eyes and picture it. And I, yeah, I can totally see that. So I definitely recommend it. And I, it's it's nice. It's it, what we've talked about before about the human element in music. Usually, I look for it in vocals and guitars, but I can see this seems like it's really just a message from him. So that's cool. Yeah, you might check out his uh, twenty twelve record, "Break It Yourself." It's much more might be a little more up your up your alley. But yeah, for final word for me, I think it's a cool concept. It's very well executed. He's a very accomplished composer and it really shines here. Uh, it's a kind of a, a cool approach to an album, so I would definitely recommend it. Uh, once again, it's called I Want to See Pulaski at Night. It's available in all the usual streaming places. And uh, Andrew is on tour in the U.S. this fall, so uh, try and check him out. He usually plays with like a big... Uh, symphony orchestra or something it's kind of a, a cool show and that's uh that's the show for this week everybody uh, be sure and tune in again in two weeks and scott will be back so you won't and have scott to listen back. you have to listen to us talk as much yeah it'll be a much <laughs> shorter more concise show <laughs> he, but, keep, uh, he keeps uh he keeps us in in line so yes yes he does um, in the meantime, tell us what you're listening to and what records we should talk about next on the show. Uh, email us at podcast at albumnerds.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at albumnerds. Yeah, and make sure to subscribe to the show on the usual places, your uh, podcast, Apple Podcasts on your iPhones and iPads and Google Podcasts as well as uh, Stitcher Radio. So please do, do that. Do, do. You said do, do. No, I said do. Do that. Very purposely, because I am not a child. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll check you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.